Kneeling on the floor next to her armchair, I lay my head in my granny's lap. As the thick wool of her skirt scritched against my cheek, she stroked my hair and sang to me in Russian. I'm Marsha from Yes Yes Marsha, feeling suddenly a little bit self-conscious about the fact that I'm singing. And today I'm telling you how you're ruining your best stories, but you can stop by doing the thing. I'm going to tell you how to do after I tell you this story. Three years earlier, when I was 18, my grandpa had died. Ever since, my granny had been gently losing her marbles to senile dementia. She couldn't dress herself or cook anymore. She could hold a conversation, as long as you didn't mind that half of her facts were imaginary. She forgot simple words. But her songs? She remembered every single word of the songs she loved to sing. My Russian was patchy at best, but I recognised some words in there. Mechti means dream, and bol I knew from getting Grey's knees as a kid. Pain. I lifted my face and looked up at her. Granny, I said, will you tell me what the words to this song are in English, please? In her thick Russian accent, she began to translate the chorus. Coachman, do not ready the horses. I have nowhere to rush anymore. I have nobody to love anymore. Coachman, do not ready the horses. I smiled and squeezed her hand. Next verse, she announced. Coachman, do not ready the horses. I have nowhere to rush anymore. I have nobody to love anymore. Coachman, do not ready the horses. I smiled again and lay my head down. While my granny was able to sing the entire song word for word in Russian, once it came to speaking it in English, the record in her mind was scratched. She went on to repeat the same four lines over and over and over again, each time punctuated with a cheery, next verse. In a gap, I lifted my head and got up from the floor to sit next to her. I took her hand, looked her in the eyes and said, thank you. She beamed at me. Then the cat appeared with a cheerful Charlie began snaking himself around her legs. She looked down at him. Pushok, she shouted, which was her previous cat's name. Come here. And Charlie dutifully leapt up onto her lap. As she stroked him, she said, Pushok, you're a good cat. Then she stopped, confusion shrouding her face and looked at me. But I do not understand, she said. Why have I never before seen a horse as small as this? Once I stopped laughing, I squeaked out, because he's a cat, Granny, carried on laughing and hugged her. She laughed and hugged me back. When you're telling a story, there's something very important that you must do. I so often hear people butchering what would otherwise be great stories because they don't follow this important rule, which is always tell things in the chronological order that they happen to you. 
remember from blog one of this series, which I linked to in the blog if you didn't read it, but how when you're telling a story, you're making a movie inside your listener's head. And remember from blog two that I also linked to that if you want that movie to be good, you need most of it to be action scenes. Sticking with that framework, there's two reasons why you need to tell things in the chronological order that they happen to you. One, don't make your listener have to rewind and fast forward the movie. In the example I told you earlier, when I told you that I lay my head in my granny's lap, did you assume that I was a little kid straight off the bat? But then as soon as I said I was 21, you pictured me being that old, right? Imagine if instead I'd waited right until the end of the story to mention my age. You'd have spent the entire thing imagining me as a little child. Then, once you realised I wasn't, you'd have had to mentally rewind to the beginning of the story, reimagine the story with me as a grown-up, run through all the facts to check that my not being a kid wasn't important, and then come back to where you were. And at this point, as a storyteller, I've lost you. When you're telling a story, the magic is in the connection between the storyteller and the reader or the listener. We're on this journey together, so don't break that spell by having them have to stop, think about what happened, and rerun scenes with different pictures. Reason number two is very important. Don't throw in spoilers. How fun do you think that story would have been to listen to if I'd started with this? One time, my granny got really confused and thought that her cat was a horse. Spoilers are a bummer when something funny's going to happen. Nobody loves a ruined punchline. But they also diffuse any tension before you get the chance to build it. If I were to tell you a story and say, of course, at this point, I had no idea that they'd already given the job to someone else. Suddenly, you don't care how the rest of my job interview goes. You know it's not going to make any difference. Our addiction to TV shows like Game of Thrones, which, side note, oh my God, this week's episode, oh my God, oh my God. I mean, we all knew it was coming but still. Anyway, sorry. Uh, TV shows like Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be as addicted to them if there were spoilers at the beginning of each plot line. It's the tension built and the deliciousness of not knowing what's going to happen next that keeps us watching. And side note on that, I'm not going to throw in any actual spoilers, but um, Game of Thrones, oh, I hate how misogynist the screenwriters are. Not just George R. R. Martin, but they just they don't love the ladies the people make it for tv but oh my god i'm so addicted to it and so i'm so addicted that i this story isn't in the blog by the way um i sometimes go back and watch old series and i went back recently to watch season one and there is okay there i'm not going to name any names but there is a character that dies at the end of season one saying that someone dies in Game of Thrones is not really much of a spoiler. People have sex. Spoiler. Anyways, there's a character that dies, and I found re-watching season one. I did not care about this character. Everything that they said or did, I'd be like, you're going to die soon anyway. doesn't really matter. So, don't do that with your stories as well. Use the tension that you build to keep people gripped by not announcing what happens before it happens. In order to elicit that magical connection between you, the storyteller, and them, the reader or listener, your main objective when you're telling a story is to have that Freaky Friday style body swap between the person reading or listening and you in that moment in the story as it was happening. Only ever reveal things that you knew in that moment at that point of the story. At the beginning of those above stories, I didn't yet know that my granny would mistake the cat for a horse. I didn't yet know that they would give the job interview to someone else. So the listener shouldn't either. 
in your stories, always tell things in the chronological order that they happened to you at the time. So, do you have a story that has never gone down quite as well as you feel it should have? Like, could it be that you're not following this rule? Let me know uh, about that or just what you think of this tip, if you're going to use it, um, whether you found it helpful, in the comments over at yesyesmarsha.com forward slash order. Thank you so much for listening. Um, this bit is always really fun. It is very late. I'm recording this. Oh, I'm taking a trip tomorrow morning. And for some reason, every time I'm going on a trip, I just have some compulsion to stay up till the middle of the night so it's one o'clock in the morning which is why I'm a bit husky and why you could hear the garbage truck outside <laughs> but so thank you so much for listening and if you have happened across this by some um, weird happy accident then there's loads more story tips and stories and other advice on how to be unforgettable if you go to my website which is yesyesmarsha.com I'm Marsha and I'll see you there <laughs>